Seth, how you doing? Welcome to the podcast, episode 242. I didn't actually think the music was going to cut off that quickly, so I'll have to edit that. Caught hey, me right on, on. off surprise. Um, right on, Brandon. Great, great to be here. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Yeah, of course. Um, everyone, this is Seth Linsky. He is the, what, what do you do exactly for Swash? Sure. So I'm, uh, I'm basically focused on ecosystem and growth. So that that's kind of the lifeblood of, of most projects. So basically just looking for ways to expand the project awareness, adoption. Um, yeah, just in general growth overall. Perfect. Well, Seth, it's awesome to have you on the show today. There's a lot we want to talk about. Um, I think I thought it'd be kind of cool to open up with this since you sent me this link last night about, um, about the John Oliver show and them talking about data and data privacy, data tracking. I watched the full clip. It was very funny, <laughs> but it, it, it's also like, funny at the same time, cautiously humorous, I guess. Mm. Um, there's definitely a lot of stuff in there that was very true and that's very scary when you're not making jokes about it um, that affects people every single day. And I know it kind of falls down your guys' alley directly. Um, did you have any thoughts about that video you sent me? Yeah, well, I, I think first and foremost, anytime the mainstream media uh, shines a light on an industry and a, a situation like this this data brokers and the data economy and how consumer data is really being captured and uh, analyzed and monetized in ways that I don't think the general population understands. This just helps uh, on multiple levels. So, uh, but before I get too far, Swash is not a, uh, a data privacy solution. So we're not going to address that pain point necessarily. Mm -hmm. That would be more around you know, your browser settings and, you know, potentially using Brave browsers, for example, and then Swash plugs into that. But uh, we can we can go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, I definitely have questions about that because I know you guys integrate into Brave and I know Brave does some similar things um, as well. It Yeah, I was watching that clip. It's very crazy how people get infected with these, these trackers so often and this... Um, on their computer and that the fact that that's even legal today for people that just install that, or I don't even know if that is legal. Um, and they just grab your information, they sell it. And, you know, it's it explains so much when I watch one thing on Instagram and I, I click on something that's about Coca-Cola and then next I'm on my Apple TV and all of a sudden on YouTube on my Apple TV, I see Coca-Cola ads. I'm like, it's, it's crazy. And it's really scary and really creepy. Uh, it is, um, it is scary and creepy. And, you know, John Oliver, he, he kind of makes fun of it while he's shining a light, but ultimately he kind of takes a blowtorch to it at, at the end with his envelope there and everything. But, um, mm -hmm. suffice to say consumers have, and if we're talking kind of web two, consumers have really been, uh, beholden to big tech and their terms and conditions with these freemium platforms like Facebook Twitter and and of course all of the Google suite. So, what consumers don't realize is when these things are all free, ultimately they become the product, uh, and more I guess uh, specifically their data becomes the product for all of these big tech players to make billions in revenue and profits, and then for this kind of trickle down of their data to be shared and monetized by other players, third party uh, vendors and app brokers and the like. Yeah, it's a massive issue. I'm hoping that Swash can help, you know, really fix this problem or at least start the process of doing so. Mm. Before we jump into it and all the questions I have, what is uh, what's your background? What's your story like and how did you kind of get 
into this space and get involved with um, data and blockchain in this capacity? Yeah, good question. So I, I kind of got my hatch, um, my career hatch in digital advertising and more specific advertising technology. So all the tools that kind of power, deliver the ads, monetize it, target, etc. Um, so started off as a campaign manager, kind of pulling the levers and controls of these ad campaigns and then got into sales, uh, kind of made my mark in uh, New York City for about five years doing that. And then I really enjoyed writing and kind of doing more of the analysis of digital advertising. So I became an analyst and that was a really great opportunity to kind of wear a business lens and look at the digital ad ecosystem. So all the vendors and kind of where they, they fit into the, uh, the mix and uh, just look at the flow of revenue, who's making money, where and how. And uh, that set the stage for me to ultimately hang my own shingle, become a, a consultant and analyst, just specifically looking at ad tech. And, you know, I've done that for about 10 years now, working with different clients, some of them very big Fortune 50 companies and others kind of more startup. And ultimately, as I was studying and doing work on behalf of some of these big uh, Web2 players, I looked at Web3. Uh, this is probably around 2017. I stumbled across Bitcoin and Ethereum and so forth. So I started at least hearing a little bit about Web3. So I kind of took a step back and I looked at my skills within advertising and market research and then looked at projects that would be a good fit for me, that would be interesting. And so I reached out to a few different projects that kind of fit the, the mold. And ultimately, um, you know, I popped into Twitter, chatted with uh, some of the folks at Swash, went into the Telegram channel, uh, kind of mingled with the community there. One thing led to another. I just started, you know, kind of supporting the channel, not necessarily in an official capacity. But uh, yeah, one thing led to another. I did a very small engagement out of the gate and that led to uh, where I am now. Did you have an initial point in your life where you experienced crypto or blockchain for the first time that you say was really important or eye-opening for you or that was even just a, a fun experience? Yeah, so I would say probably 2017 when I opened a Coinbase account and I had a few Bitcoin and I got to kind of see the roller coaster or what was going on. And maybe more importantly is people in the office and people that I was friends with at the gym started saying, hey, you know about Bitcoin, what's going on with it? So I just started sharing what I knew and it was uh, just one of those snowball effects where uh, certainly there's a lot to wrap your arms around, whether it's DeFi or Web3 or the metaverse. So, uh, yeah, I've just been kind of building my knowledge base since 2017. Nice. Let's talk about Swash and dive into it a bit more. Um, how are you guys reimagining data and data ownership through blockchain? So if you look at the current landscape with Web2 and some of the, the leading brands we'll call them so google facebook now meta uh mm -hmm. amazon twitter and the like they are largely you know these platforms where you agree as, under terms of their uh service you log in you start using their platform and they are at liberty not only to watch what you're doing but analyze it share it monetize it uh, it's 
yeah, there's really, uh, again, going back to kind of the freemium business model, if you are using something that's for free, ultimately you are the product and it's cliche, but it very much holds true. So in this case, again, your data becomes the product for them in advertising and they're also monetizing your data in different ways. So, uh, you know, there's brand intelligence, market intelligence and other things. So it's not always a, we're selling your data and going to push an ad to you. It's we're going to sell your data and then people are going to kind of analyze that and use, you know, their data science wizardry to figure out different uh, behavior across segments or brands and, and competitive insights and that kind of thing. So what Swash is doing is saying, all right, consumers, uh, to your point earlier, really don't understand what's going on with all these beacons and trackers that are kind of following them around the web. So, Again, while Swash isn't going to address that directly, what Swash can do is say, hey, with this massive um, data economy and, and the, all the monetization and revenue that's going on, wouldn't it make sense, given you're the creator of the data, to at least get a slice of that action? So that's where the Swash utility token and crypto rewards come in. Mm -hmm. And you know, essentially, if you look at your data set, my data set, not worth a whole lot individually, but when we start to pool them together, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands, and ultimately millions of consumers, you pool all of their data together, then you have a very, very valuable data asset that can be monetized for advertising, for market research, uh, AI, there's so many different applications to it. So uh, that's what we're calling the data union. And so the data union is uh, this opportunity for consumers to come in and share their anonymized browsing behavior through the Swash app plugin. And then on the flip side, data buyers have a very clean, well, uh, zero party data source that they can access. And this is super valuable because, you know, going back to that John Oliver special, it's a murky marketplace for data buyers. So they are very, very keen uh, to kind of uh, you know, partner with new solutions like Swash's data union that is opt-in, transparent, has, you know, trust baked into it, kind of like the ethos of Web3, where it's ownership, agency, and trust, and very much Swash is all about that. So uh, really, um, you know, from a commercialization standpoint, awesome opportunities for data buyers, and then for consumers that largely have just been taken for granted, a chance for them to earn some income uh, based on their data. And then, you know, ultimately, what do they do with it? They can hold on to it. They can trade it for other cryptos. They can donate it. So we have charitable, um, uh, you know, goods that we're going to allow people to kind of participate in. And uh, yeah, I hope that kind of gives an idea of what we're doing here. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like this could be the industry standard at some point where everyone's using a blockchain for collecting data or monetizing data, allowing data to be to be grabbed off the internet or grabbed from your device and then repurposed in a more clean way. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, that agency and control component, that's one reason why Swash uh, uh, integrated with Filecoin. So decentralized storage makes a lot of sense. So your, your data set doesn't need to live in the Swash, you know, ecosystem or platform. You can move it to different... Um, storage uh facilitators if you will and then ultimately you can monetize it with other uh data buyers yeah i think one of the 
biggest purveyors of this problem, I think we all know this, is Facebook. And even Facebook has gotten incredibly hammered as of recently in the last few months, um, all the way back to the last quarter of last year, where the U.S. has made it illegal to you know, monetize in the way that they traditionally monetize, where they grab your information and they repurpose it, they sell it, they um, build an ad product and service based around that. It's, I like to compare it almost to like blood diamonds. Like even though diamonds are incredibly valuable and everyone would love to be in the diamond business, if you are found to be getting diamonds um, from a source that is sourcing them illegally or that is doing it um, through a cartel or that is associated in some kind of criminal activity, then the value of those diamonds almost instantly goes to almost nothing, almost goes to zero. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think it'll be very similar in this industry and I can see the trend already where data that's grabbed illegally will eventually be able to be tracked as well. Um, and that data is going to become more and more worthless. And as long as, uh, and on top of the fact that it's already fairly ineffective because you're not asking the person what they like and dislike, you're just assuming, making assumptions and grabbing that. Um, so I think this whole industry is going to get kind of turned on top of its head in a way because it's going to be more effective to do it through things like Swash and Brave and, and blockchain versus the way they do it already. Um, what, what are some of your thoughts on that? No, I, I completely agree. Um, it's a paradigm shift. So you go from, again, the, the big tech data oligarchs, as, as some people mm-hmm. refer to them, or the walled gardens even. And you, know, you mentioned earlier some of these uh, trackers and cookies. So you go to some of your most prominent publishers out there and their sites are going to have upwards of 20, 30, sometimes I've seen as many as 50 trackers or beacons that are there to collect your information and kind of watch what you do as you bounce around the web. So um, I think that's going to go the way of the dodo bird at, at some point. It's not going to happen overnight, of course, but there will be this shift where consumers do have uh, greater agency ownership and control. So these these opt-in or permission-based platforms that are you know kind of uh, going to be the linchpin for Web three. It, it's yeah, it's setting a stage for a whole new way of brands to engage and uh, understand consumer behavior across the web and apps. Of course, tell me more about how Swash works um, a bit more as an application. How does it integrate into Brave? Do you have to install it like a Chrome browser? Do you download it on your phone? Um, How do people interact with it? Sure. So uh, for right now, it's desktop. So you, uh, you know, if your favorite browser is Chrome, it it, uh, works well with Chrome, uh, any Chromium based browser. So Brave as well. And yeah, you visit uh, swashapp.io. You go to the applicate, pardon me, yeah, the app page. And then it's very simple, very minimal information that you kind of share with Swash. And that's a good thing, actually, based on on data privacy and whatnot. But uh, yeah, we collect a few pieces of, of data and then you're uh, you're surfing in no time and, and you're earning based on the data that you generate based on your behavior online. And again, it's anonymized, it's encrypted end to end. So uh, yeah, it's really, it's, some of what's going on today, but it's based on your consent and permission, which is again, this paradigm shift. And, uh, yeah, we think, we think this is the future for certain. How does it, um, 
compensate people. So when people install Swash and they're surfing the internet, um, how and what exactly are they earning? So initially you're creating data sets and then every 48 hours you can see, you know, how much data you've created and you can mm -hmm. transition that into the Swash utility token. Mm -hmm. And that all occurs within the Swash wallet. But of course, then you can move that to, you know, your favorite exchange or you can hodl it, move it to your, your uh, wallet or what have you. Is this compatible with all browsers or just the Brave browser? Uh, any Chromium based browser. So there's, Mozilla, Chrome, uh, Brave. So basically the, the big ones that are in market, it, it's compatible with those. Okay, got it. Um, I know on, I was going through the site and you guys talk a lot about this intersection between cryptocurrency, ad tech, and res tech or re research tech or however the, the term goes. Mm -hmm. um, can you tell me a little bit more about those intersections and how Swash fits into all of them? Sure. So I, I think at a very basic level, Swash, if you think about all of the uh, downloads, the Swash app installs, those are panel members. So that's using kind of market research lingo. And those panel members, as they're sharing their, their clickstream and browser data as they navigate the web, uh, that's very much kind of a market research uh, lens. But at the same time, it's an audience platform and that's speaking more to kind of ad tech and there are different ways you can leverage audience data to inform media and campaigns and, and that sort of thing. So that's, yeah, great question. It, it's fun because uh, I, I do come from kind of both worlds. So it's really fun to um, be able to talk to market research professionals as well as people in the brand world and, and marketing and ad tech. Yeah, as someone that kind of comes from that background already, how effective and more efficient do you see this being versus traditional methods of, you know, grabbing data from people? Well, I'd say it's very early for Web3, but if you needed to kind of uh, take a look at some of the activities going on from consumers currently, upwards of 30 to 40 percent of consumers install ad blockers and mm -hmm. that's because of all of these uh you know beacons and trackers following them around the web and it just slows down web pages loading and the whole experience and of course they might see ads that are irrelevant sometimes or all the time so then they they add ad blockers so that's uh that's just one example of why the user experience is broken due to what we've kind of been talking about here with big tech kind of collecting and, and monetizing consumer data and not really, it's not a really uh, fair or equitable value exchange at the end of the day because consumers, what do they get at the end of the day? They get, a, they get better ads, but I, I don't really buy into that being a, a good value prop um, unless of course you think that uh, an annual free credit report at the end of the year for all this surveillance and tracking is a good exchange i, I still think there's a lot lacking so yeah imagine the, it's like the year 2040 and facebook well, i guess meta meta is still running on an ad service they're offering this to people but they're using blockchain now um, to curate data, to allow people to opt in and opt out and um, monetize information that they can give to Facebook that Facebook wants to sell to an advertiser. Do you imagine 
um, for the advertiser from their perspective, it's going to be far more effective for them to advertise to you and have a better conversion rate and have a better reach um, than it, it does now when they just grab all this information. You know, do you think it'll be cheaper? Do you think it'll be more effective? Or, um, or what, what benefits do you see for the advertiser? Well, well, I think when you you get direct consent from consumers to uh, a share their data or b uh, just set the stage for engagement with a brand, that's a mm -hmm. way better um, scenario than what's currently going on, which is again all of that pulling and then pushing based on what they think is a good fit. So I do think this is uh, again a paradigm shift for for how consumers and brands engage uh, via the web. So it's kind of a blank canvas right now. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun to see where, you know, like wallets, people's wallets can be, you know, one source of an ID even. So there's different things going on right now uh, that are, you know, it's too early to say, but it's, it's going to really uh, be a paradigm shift in how and where consumers allow brands to understand what they're interested in. And, and then that, that engagement. So tell me more, let's have a conversation kind of sitting. Cool. Let's talk a bit more about some things that Swash is doing. Um, I saw you got this DAO Ignition campaign that's running. Um, that's important to you guys. Tell me a bit more about that. Yeah. So uh, DAO, just in case anybody's not up to speed, decentralized autonomous organizations are kind of all the rave these days. So this is not a formal DAO today, but that is the end goal. So DAO Ignition is a 12-month campaign where we're really the ultimate goal is to take the data union where all these consumers are pooling together data sets and sharing them and monetizing and so forth. You can think of it as two sides of the same coin. So taking that data union and then allowing the creators to have ownership and governance of that data union, whether you know it's business decisions, marketing, et cetera. So um, that's the goal. But as far as today there, you know, it's a, there's a game component to it and there's token burns. So uh, there's a grand prize of 300,000 USDT that uh, will go to one lucky swashbuckler as we call them. And that's based on uh, the minimum number of registrants uh, getting into the, the DAO Ignition campaign. And in addition to that, there's some token burn incentives for those tokenomics enthusiasts. And Lastly, but definitely not least, there's a charitable component where uh, if that 300,000 USDT uh, components triggered, Swash will uh, donate 100,000 USDT to a charity. So for all of the uh, the lumps that crypto takes sometimes for being this, you know, get rich quick scheme and everything else, I think giving back um, is, is going to hopefully, you know, position Swash in a little bit different light than some of the other projects out there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Any, anything where you're giving back or donating to charity definitely helps raise, uh, you know, not just awareness for charity, but also for, your, for yourself, your company, your project um, in a very, very positive light. Um, I want to be a swashbuckler. I, I want to win $300,000. Um, if, if I want to be a part of that and participate, what do I have to do? Sure. So uh, first you would go to swashapp.io and install the browser plugin. Then you would acquire initially just to register. You need to have 100 Swash tokens. Ultimately, you go through the registration process, very simple. And then in order to officially be entered, you hold on to 5,000 Swash for all of 
60 days, and then your name is entered in that digital hat for the grand prize. Gotcha. So, How many people are in that digital hat? Do you know? Gosh, well, when when we hit the 300,000 USDT, there would be 15,000 because we're adding 20 USDT to the hat for each registrant. So mm -hmm. I think my math is correct there. So that'd be 15,000. Dang, dang. I don't think my chances are too good then, unfortunately, but I'll still do it. Why not? Right on. <laughs> um, I also saw you guys have an ambassador program that you guys uh, have either set up or are setting up currently. Tell me more about that. Yes. So we, we literally just launched this last week, anticipating upwards of a thousand applicants. So really, really uh, great to see that enthusiasm from the community. And yeah, so it's, it's a brand ambassador program. You get to carry the torch for SWASH, the data union, this data ownership, which ultimately can be a source of universal basic income or universal uh, data income even. So really, really cool if you're kind of into that uh, side of it. If you're crypto curious um, and you're in Web2 and you have some ideas about, you know, how to take this to the next level, if you're a graphic designer, uh, community moderator. So there's a bunch of opportunities for ambassadors to really support the project and yeah, in addition to, you know, there, there's a, some digital carrots there with tokens, of course, but uh, from a career development standpoint and learning and, and being a part of this movement in Web3, uh, so many different aspects of it, I think, that are really appealing. If you're somebody that's, again, curious about what's going on in Web3 or if you're already interested in Swash and this concept of a data union, then uh, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Maybe the podcast can be a bit of an ambassador as well. Maybe we'd be happy to jump in and collaborate on something. Um, do you guys have advertising plans as well? And I know it's kind of uh, hot and cold for a lot of uh, young crypto projects and startups, whether or not they do any kind of traditional advertising. I know you guys are doing a lot of word of mouth, uh, mm -hmm. ambassador, influencer kind of type stuff going that route. But do you guys have advertising plans or... Um, advertising campaign that you guys are looking to do uh, in 2022? Absolutely. So um, as we mentioned, Brave before, Brave is, is going to be one media outlet for Swash. Uh, we're looking at doing some YouTube uh, clips as well for paid media. And of course, you've got to do some keyword search because, uh, you know, th those are people actively searching for what, uh, what you're ultimately talking about. So, yep, there, there's going to be a multi-pronged uh, advertising campaign coming out here. Nice. Where is your guys's community? Do you guys have a discord or a telegram where people go to chit chat and be a swashbuckler? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I would say crypto Twitter is, is where most of the actions at. So that's um, swash app is, is the handle on Twitter. Telegram, very, very active. So because swash is a, a global project, we have a number of different channels based on different languages and, and regions. And uh, Reddit is another channel, but definitely Discord is the one that we are looking to launch this year. So if you are uh, fluent in Discord and like what you're hearing here, would love to uh, have a chat. Cool. Where can people find you online? Are you on social media? I know you are. I'm a social cat like you. So yes, I'm on uh, Twitter. Uh, just my my first and last name. And of course, uh, at Swash app is the handle for Swash. And yeah, we're we're 2.0 as well. Nice. Guys, go check out Seth. Go check out Swash. Uh, be sure to like the video and subscribe. 
Seth, thank you for taking the time to come on the show today. Uh, really appreciate uh, going into all the detail and what you guys are doing with Swash and data ownership and blockchain and how these intersections come together. It's uh, very interesting and fascinating stuff. And I really do think it's going to be a bit more of the standard for the future going forward with all the problems this part of the industry has been for people. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really cool to see what you guys are doing and the solutions that you guys are putting together. And I'm definitely looking forward to being a part of your community too. Awesome, Brand. Well, uh, yeah, we really appreciate you shining a, a further light here and look forward to uh, engaging in the uh, the socials and we'll see you in the metaverse too, I'm sure. Absolutely. Sounds good. Right Talk on. soon, Seth. Have a great day. Thank you, you too.